Hello and welcome back to the Dungeons and Dragons Podcast UK. My name is Yasmin and I will be the DM. Hi, my name's Samantha. I play Laura Greyvale, a sorcerer from Nefalia. Hello, I'm Colin Robinson and I play Cuin de Greymont, a paladin from Gavany. Hi, I'm Ryan and I play Ogvar, a ranger from Kessig. has been smashed to smithereens. Its desecrated remains lay scattered, never more destined to corrupt the cold catacombs. What will our troubled trio do next? Let's rejoin them to find out. Episode 14, Sigils and Strangeness. Right, nicely done. I was hoping for that to be a bit chunkier, bear in mind it was a CR3, but I am. I'm feeling a bit excited. I'm just going to pick up my flail. Okay, so you... Colin's still under the... the no, he's, he's managed to push right. it off himself. He's gone, you'll collect your flail. Anybody like to do anything? Yeah, I'm going to go and have a look at this thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, roll me search check, everyone. Okay. That'll be a nat one from Alora. Yeah. it will be... <laughs> Surprise! Oh. That's three. Five all in for Ogbar. Wow, okay. I got a hat trick. Fourteen. Five, fourteen. And a hat trick. And a hat trick of nat ones. Yeah, right. Okay, you with your nat one. Yeah. You've done this beautiful little tumble as you've got off the stairs, and you've landed, and you've got this. You're keeping heels on, and you're waltzing your way over, and you chip over. Damn. You don't do any. You don't do any damage yourself, but you chip over, and you kind of slump against the wall, and it's like, oh. Ow. Oh, not the straight cred again. Okay. Ogvar, you as you make your way over, you're distracted by your arrows on your floor, which you pick up. Okay. However, Kieran, you've been directly under this beastie. Your armor's a little bit gooey. It's not very nice. You've probably yeah. got to wash it off as soon as possible. But yeah, you will kind of make your way over, and it's Kieran who does the searching in this occasion. And on your pat down of the Unholy Saint, you find a Masterworks Morning Star. Ooh. Would I have normally had to? We would normally have had to have appraised that because we wouldn't know it's Masterworks, would we? Yeah, but I'm just telling you what you've got. Right. You can okay. As, with your such an amazingly brilliant search check, you're able to tell that this is a really nice Morning Star. That, does that make anything better for you? Well, actually, I probably would be able to tell because I've got you, skills. You, it's, it's very easy to see that this is a higher quality morning star. Okay. Yeah. Um, you've got a Masterworks Battle Axe. I've got appraisal. Ability to discern if an yes. item is magical and what its basic properties are. Yep. There is a scroll. Mm. A scroll. Mm. There is a potion. Potions. Oh, there's a potion as well here. A wand. Oh. Look at this. 12 days worth of dehydrated food. This isn't dehydrated because it's been stuck in a coffin. This is dehydrated food. Yeah, proper. Uh, and then you've got 76 gold pieces, 58 silver pieces, and 62 copper pieces. Okay. Hello. Oh, oh, I found here. Oh, yeah, so this looks like a, a, few, a few bits and pieces to it. It's all. Um, uh, yes. Um, I suppose, really, uh, um, maybe we should... Uh, I'll put the gold, etc. In, uh, the, in the pot, shall we say? Yeah, it's uh, fine with me. Oh, well, that's yes, fine. Put in the kitty. Yep. Yes. Uh, uh, mm, right. Uh, Aren't you? 
Can I have a look at that stuff? Yeah, here, here you go. Mm. Right, I'm going to appraise. Okay, roll mm. me an appraisal check. Uh, do I have to roll an appraisal check? Um, I have... I have a racial trait, it's appraisal, ability to discern if an item is magical and what its base properties are. Unable to tell if it's cursed, though. Okay, so you, with your Nefalian tradesperson, you can tell that uh, the scroll is definitely a magic scroll. Potion is a... well, it's, it's a potion, you can tell just by looking at it, it's a potion. Uh, what was the exact...? Um, if it's magical, I can tell what its properties are. Okay, so... What its basic properties are. Yeah, okay, see. And the wand is obviously definitely magical, but to know any more about it, you'd have to make an appraisal check. Right, I'll, I'll turn around to Kuin and Ogvar and say, um, well, the potion, yeah, well, that's a potion, as we know. I'm not sure what the properties of the potion are, though. I'd have to appraise that as well. The scroll's definitely magical. I, at the moment, I don't Do you want me to appraise these and see if I can work out what they are? Yeah, so I, I, I think uh, that'd be a good idea, if, uh, you know, just in case, but, but I don't sense, sense any evil. I'll lay it onto the um, the top of the dais. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to... Can I appraise all three items? Or do I have to do them individually? You don't have to lay them on top of anything to appraise them. No, no, I'm just putting them down so okay, I can okay. look at them. Um, it's up to you. You can appraise them together or separately if you want, uh, or you can roll three and take the best and appraise the lot. I'll let you do that. Okay, so you want me to roll three times? Roll three times, take the best score, and that'll be the appraisal score. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a straight roll. Yep. Oh, oh add your appraisal. Okay, that's... But actually, no, appraisal is for more magical, it's for value. So roll me a knowledge arcana, sorry. Because these are arcana. magical. Okay. Yes. Knowledge arcana. Same process, yeah. Right, right. Uh, that will be a 23 on the first. That will be a 14 <laughs> on the second. And twelve on the third. Right, so twenty-three. Okay, so with a with a knowledge arcana twenty-three, you take a second to study these items. And the first thing you pick up is you pick up the potion, and you take this potion in your hand and you kind of raise it towards the light from these lanterns and you swirl it around. And by doing this, you can tell that this is a potion of watery breath. Watery breath. Was in there a potion, a scroll, a morning star, and will all the yeah, items still be the weapons still be silver bean as we're in in Estrad? How many of your weapons have we got? Two weapons, right? Okay, roll me, uh, give me a 50% Ogvar. Uh, we'll go z zero to 50. Okay, the morning star is magic is silver, Kieran 50%, 25 to 75, 93. So the, the battle axe isn't silver. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I'll make a note of that. Potion of water yeah. breath. This aquamarine potion is the opposite of the fire breath potion. It grants the drinker the ability to launch massive amounts of water from her mouth, similar to the geezer effect of the decanter of endless water. She can breathe water up to three times, creating a 20-foot long, one-foot wide stream of water at 30 gallons per round. The force of this geezer deals 1d4 points of damage against one target who must make a strength check DC 12 to avoid being knocked down. The water also douses most normal fires but has no effect against magical flames. Unused blasts dissipate one hour after the potion is consumed. The potion does not allow the drinker to breathe underwater. So basically you've got three shots where you can literally just fire blasts of water from your mouth dealing 1d4 of damage. Mm. Okay, so that's the first thing you figure out from these potions uh, from, from your knowledge arcana 
second thing is that the scroll you look at the scroll and you're able to discern, you're able to discern that this scroll has two charges on it and it's a, a divine scroll of softened earth and stone it's a second level scroll third level caster whatever that means okay and there are two charges on that and then the third item is the wand and from the wand, you are able to discern that it is a wand of hold person. You don't know how many charges there are on it, though. It's not something you're able to tell from this appraisal check. And I wouldn't know who the um, imbuer was, what level. No. Okay. Okay. So that's all you get from the Unholy Saint, which you defeated surprisingly easy. Right, I'm going to spend a good few minutes looking at these items. Okay. And from that, um, I've just gone quiet to myself looking at them. I'm then going to turn to the others and say, right, the potion, it appears to be a potion of watery breath. Um, You can spew out of your mouth. The the user can spew water from out of the mouth um, up to three times. And um, it, it's kind of about a 20 foot by 1 foot range, something like that, I think. Not quite sure. The scroll has got a couple of charges on it. Uh, it is a divine scroll. I can tell you it's a divine scroll. Um, and it appears to be something called soften earth and stone. Um, yeah, okay. Come across it once before, I think. But And the wand, well, that, that seems to be um, a, a whole person. But, but I don't know beyond that any more detail. Oh, okay. Uh... Uh, well, well, that's what I'm getting from it anyway. So I haven't got all of the details, but it give you an idea. Well, uh, <clears throat> oh, do you want the wand? Or just put it into the uh, party loot to well, sell? Or Magical items, you know, wands and things. You don't kind of sell those. You, 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 they're okay, well, useful. Well, I don't know about you, Oliver, but uh, really, you know... I think Alora is probably best person to look after the potion, the wand, and the scroll. Yes, I, I would, I would agree there. I, I think she would be make much more use of it. Well, you guys would be all right, but the potion probably. Um, the scroll and the wand there's a little bit more fine detail with those, and if you, you know, if you're not really proficient with using those, they can go a bit wrong sometimes. Even when somebody can cast magic, it, you know, it, it can still be a bit dodge. Well, I've managed to appraise these, so I'm I'm right with these. Okay. Well, well, I mean, I carry the what's it? Do you, do you want one of these? Oh, well. I'm going to give you the morning star and the battleaxe. Say, do you want one about use one of these? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the battleaxe. Uh, yes. Uh, thank you very much. Doing now. Quite partial to a battleaxe myself, if you don't okay. mind. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take the uh, morning star and pick up my uh, flail. Um, I took a bit of a battering then. I, I think I'm going to uh, lay hands. Okay. Plus two. So you heal up two hit points. Because we've got to go to another level then. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is so the fun level. The dais is. There's a coffin on top of the dice stone one. Yeah. Is it completely empty? Can I pop my head in there and have a quick look? You can have a pop your head in there. It's, it is empty. Okay, that's cool. It smells a bit nasty. There are a lot of people in there. You know what? Make me a constitution save. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be it too. Yeah, the stench is so bad from this uh, coffin that you hurl <laughs> into the coffin. Oh, I 
I'm not feeling so clever. All right, I'll go. Well, I didn't know we brought Ralph with us. <laughs> Ralph! <laughs> well, I don't know. He might have a friend called Huey or Chuck. <laughs> right, uh, I suppose we'd better uh, go down to the next level. Okay, you all going down? Mm, yes. Okay. You coming, Laura? Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I better head, don't you? After this. Okay. So you all go down to the next level. The next level is a simple thirty foot by thirty foot room. Okay. And there doesn't appear to be anything in it. I'm going to get down on my knees and do my. You're still on the stairs at this point. I'll just mention okay. that. So, okay. Okay. Yep, you detect evil, and there is nothing evil about this room. Is this still okay. as well lit as the rest of the...? Yes, it is well lit. However, there doesn't seem to be... It seems to be better lit than it should be. There's a torch on the stairs, but there's no other source of light in the room, but the room is brightly lit. Okay, so I'm going to... So... Search around... It's rather bright in here. You'd have thought with just the one lamp, it would have been... A bit darker. Um, there's something not quite right here. I'm going to uh, go down and have a check. What do you reckon? Am I down on that level now? Well, are we all on the stairs, are we? You're all on the stairs at this point. Is it an open staircase at the side again? Yeah. Can I detect magic? Yeah, you can detect magic. I have got it, haven't I? Uh, no! Well, I can't detect no, magic. Can't. Okay. I'll retract that. Okay, you can't detect magic. There's no evil. There's no evil. This room, is apart from it seems to be oddly well lit, there doesn't seem to be anything off about this room at all. It's just a 30 foot by 30 foot room. And we're still on the stairs. You're still on the stairs. I'm going to take and go down to the bottom of the stairs. Okay, you step into the bottom of the room. You step into the bottom of the room. I'm remaining on the stairs at the moment. Okay, what about you, Alora? I like to have the higher position. So I'm going to stay at the back, but behind Ogvar, but on the stairs. Where okay. I can see clearly. So, Kieran, you wander down to the middle of the room and just a room. I'm going to pre- I'm going to prep light of Melunia. Okay, so you prep light of Melunia. There's nothing in the room really. Do you want to run me a spot check, Kieran? Eight. Eight. I mean, even with that absolutely abysmal spot check, <laughs> you you just see something in the corner which flickers, and it's by the stairs. So where the stairs come down there's no there's no kind of wall there but where the stairs come down in that corner where the stairs meet and this is a spiral staircase you've gone down this set of stairs and it's been a straight set of stairs but then you've gone down quite a long way and it's turned into a spiral set of staircase and you've come round to this and you're basically stood on this spiral set of staircase spiral staircase and there's no around this curve there's just no wall but in this corner where the curve of the staircase meets the wall, you just spot something glinting. Okay. So, Kieran is on the ground, yep. on the on the, the floor of the room, like, and me and Alora are on the spiral staircase. Yes. Yeah, there seems to be something glinting in the one just just here. Uh, I think I'll go uh, and have a check. Okay. See what it is. So I'm going to walk towards it. Yes. And get a better view. It's just something glinting. You can't. You look at it. But you can't tell what it is. It's just glinting, and it's like you can't tell anything. But it's glinting. Mm. It's it's. I can't understand what this is. Just somebody else will have a look. I, I'm not too sure. 
Well, I can't quite see it from it. What, what is it? Just on the floor? Yes, it's a, it, it's sort of like a, a glinting down here. But how, how big is it? Is it like... What the glinting? Yeah, is it like an object or just just a glint that you can't it see? It is just where it's a gl- glint, and it is where the corner of the where the staircase curves around like that, and it's a solid staircase where it curves around. It meets the wall. That is where it is. It's like right in that corner. It's just he just he can just see something glinting, and he's gone closer, and he can't determine. Is what it, it a is. dark corner? No, this entire room is lit. This is basically this glint has got to be illuminating the whole. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pick whatever it is up. Okay, you touch this spot on the wall because it isn't an actual object. It's just oh. on the wall. Okay. It's like glinting like from inside the wall. It's not an actual object. So you touch this wall and it's just a wall, but it's still glinting. Okay, so I move down off the bottom of the st- onto the floor. Okay. So is it, what sort of height is this glint coming from? Is it? Eye level. Eye level. Eye so level. can I run my hand across the wall and yeah. maybe over the top of the glint? Yeah, nothing happens. It doesn't go darker or more? No, brighter. it doesn't go dark. I it's... can't make a shadow puppet on the other wall of a little <laughs> dog or a cat or something. <laughs> run me a performance check. <laughs> you could do a bat. Yeah. <laughs> You've got one of them. You're just chucking yeah. around. Yeah, what we're doing a performance check. Perform, perform, just a straight performance check. Oh, that's minus one. Uh, that's going to be a six all in. Yeah, you you make what? I mean, you, you assume it's it's really good, but you just stood there in the middle of the room, just making weird shapes with your hands. There's nothing appearing on the other wall. Yeah. All right, there, Robert. You've got a problem with your hands, or or what? So I'm just going to turn around. Look, I'm imagining that the. I'm looking into the glint and imagining it's all going on there and turning around to see nothing on the wall. I? I thought you might have guessed what that was, but <laughs> no, didn't go so well. I'm just going to look down from my place and I frown, squint with one eye a bit. That's well, in that case, if as well, I suppose we've come all the way down. Uh, doesn't seem to be anything apart from this glint, but can't understand it. So doesn't detect magic and doesn't detect... Evil. Uh, well, no, you don't, you don't detect magic. Uh, no, that. she did. No, she no I didn't. I oh, didn't. You? No. Uh, can I sort of go around the rest of the room checking the walls? Yeah, you wander around the room and you check the walls, and there doesn't seem to be anything in this room. Okay. I what? wonder whether. Is... See, I can't. See, we know what the scroll is, right? And it's turned what's it to mud? Well, basically, isn't it? Softens. Well, yeah. softens. What are the walls and the floor made out of? Is all stone. stone. Yeah. So we could try the scroll on it. Mm-hmm. Is that what you want to do? Oh dear, this is really bugging me. I, I, I gonna... think we, could, we could, could try. Okay. I'm going to come down the stairs. I'm going to dissipate. You stand on the floor. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you come down the stairs. Are you going in, actually, actually going into the room or are you just staying on the stairs? Well, can I see... Can I see the thing from where I am off the stairs? No, because it's in the corner. That's where the what I thought. Well, I'm going to have to come down the stairs. Okay. And come <laughs> into the room. Okay. So as you step you foot. You waited for, didn't you? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. As you step foot in the room, the entire base of the room, a giant circular sigil appears, and it starts to glow very gently, and it starts to glow a kind of uh, a swirling kind of blue, green, white colour, and you can make me knowledge rolls or wisdom rolls, whatever you want. Knowledge arcana, knowledge like wisdom rolls. 
Whatever you fancy making a roll for, you can make a roll. Okay. Well, anything. Uh, well, as long as it's, it's in the sense of... Uh, uh, handle not animal? Gonna, uh, handle animal, no. <laughs> you're not going to handle animal the floor. <laughs> I'll make a knowledge arcana check. Okay. So that would be a 21 from Melora. Okay. Knowledge religion. Okay. <sighs> That's an eight. I'll go knowledge dungeoneering. But I mean, you could... Ch- not really I haven't got much else to really. I've got any other knowledges. I've got hinterlands, geography, and nature, and you engineering. Roll a wisdom check, straight okay. wisdom check if wisdom, you want yeah. to. That'd be a twenty all in. Okay, so Kewin, you have no idea. You are still focused on this glint on the wall. You're there running your hand over it, thinking, oh, what, what can I do to try and figure out what this glint is?" Elora, you're the first one to really notice this happening because as you step foot, it happens. And you know that this is very definitely old magic. Old, old magic. And Ogvar, with your wisdom check, you can tell you've got the kind of insight. Although you don't have the same magical abilities as Alora or the same divine knowledge as Kewin, you can tell that this is definitely nothing to do with Avacyn, but it's probably a lot older. Okay. And in that exact moment, the room illuminates in a bright flash of light and none of you can see anything okay at this point i'm doing something for each of you separately okay so as this bright flash illuminates the room and it is a very bright flash you lose all sight you are blinded you cannot see Laura. you cannot see kewin Mm-hmm. And you get this kind of ringing in your ears, like this white noise ringing in your ears. And when the blindness clears and you open your eyes and you blink, and you blink to clear out your vision, the dark spots out of your vision, you are greeted with the sight of a meadow. And this meadow is filled with lush forest. I mean, there are beautiful trees, ripe fruits everywhere. Everything is green, it's sunny, there are birds overhead. It is this scene you have never really seen in Innistrad before. This is quite foreign to you, this just beautiful, soft, springy grass, moss, nature. You, you know, it's none of the uh, kind of rough, rugged hinterlands you're used to at all. Okay. Nothing you've ever seen before. And as you're stood there marvelling in this scene, is there anything you'd like to do? Anything you'd like to do? So is it, am I physically there or is it just you like can, a vision? As far as you can tell, you can smell the grass, you can smell the air, you can hear a thing, you can feel the wind on your skin. It is as if you were actually there okay but your brain is saying i was just in a stone room a minute ago yeah yeah so very cautious not to move too far i just want to like put my hand down on the ground and try and like feel the grass and you can kneel down you can feel this grass you can feel it's lush grass it's springy it's soft there's moss it's loamy it is it's nothing you've ever felt before really Hinterlands, okay. you've got hard, you know, everything yeah, yeah. living in tough, you've got dry ground, you've got boggy ground, you haven't got this kind of like emerald green, picturesque, bright blue, saturated hues. You've never seen that before. Okay, so I'm going to stand back up and just sort of look around, see if, see what's about, and sort of just just call out, sort of, hello? Anybody? Nearby? As you say that, you notice your voice is taken on this kind of echoey, watery quality. And things like the birds in the trees, which you'd expect to react to, you know, shouting, don't react at all. It's almost like you're a separate entity while still in this world. Okay. And you've got this kind of watery, double, double kind of like echoey. That's what your voice sounds like. It's odd. It's very odd. Okay. As you're stood there, kind of wondering like what is going on, 
a very a young deer bounds into the meadow in front of you and this is a big meadow I mean, you've got the forest at your back and sides mm-hmm. but it opens up to this massive white meadow and it just it daintily nibbles at some grass and then it, it kind of it stands up straight and it looks at you and this is the first real hint you've got that something in this world has registered your presence its mouth opens and a voice is heard you hear this voice and it is again it's like this disembodied voice it's like nothing you've ever heard before the voice is a multitude of things which you can put your finger on separately but together you don't it's just you can't you can hear in the voice the rushing of a stream you can hear wind through the branches you can hear cries of animals you can hear all of these things inside this voice mm-hmm. but the voice itself is indescribable it's made up of all things forest you could say and the voice says to reap the rewards of the woods plucking the sweetest fruits and growing the thickest crop you must retrieve the key. Okay, yeah, retrieve the key. So, does the deer just sort of keep looking at me? The deer drops its head back down to eat, and as it drops its head back down, you notice that around its neck, a thin chain with a silver key hangs. And that key wasn't there a minute ago. You know that for sure. Okay. Okay, what do you like to do? Um, I am going to... I'm going to sort of like walk very slowly, very... Quietly. Okay. The deer bolts. Okay. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Yeah. Okay. So the deer bolts. You're going to chase it. I'm not going to chase haphazardly. I am going to proceed with caution. Okay. Following in the. Is it leaving any tracks? Is it any blood uh, in the meadow grass? Yeah, you can see. You can see where it's disturbing the grass, and it's very much an open flat plateau. You can so see where this deer. deer is. Okay, I will continue to follow. Okay, so you chase after this deer, and I'm assuming you're moving a fairly quick. Are you moving a jog, a run? A jog, not flat out, but I'm. Okay. You play cat and mouse with this deer for what seems like an age. The deer will stop. You'll slow down. You'll get closer to it, and it will take off again. And this keeps on going on, and mm-hmm. you keep you keep on repeating this process. Do you keep on doing following this method, or are you going not to... not for too long? Once I realise I'm not getting anywhere with it. Yep. Um, so how far away is the deer from me? It doesn't ever stray really more than about thirty to forty foot away from you. It doesn't double back. It doesn't loop out. It just keeps on running in a straight line. Always in the one direction. Always in the one direction. Okay. Uh, handle animal check would not help me at this point. If you try. I will. I will very calmly try and talk to you. Okay. I'll stay there. Not here to hurt you. Steady girl, steady. Okay. That will be 13 all in. Okay, with the 13 all in, the deer stays. At this point you get very close to it. You're within about 10 foot of it. And it's 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 startled, you can see that it's got its front leg straight out, it's kind of leaning backwards away from you, it's heads up, it's kind of snorting gently. It's not exactly comfortable with you being this close, but mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, it's not running away. And at this point, you almost get the sense that the world ripples. And that's the best way I can describe it. The world ripples. The grass, the wind which has been gently blowing through the grass. All of a sudden, you see this wave go over through this grass, and you, you see the way the grass turns in the sunlight, mm-hmm. and it glints, and you see this wave run through the grass. And the trees along each side, they blow suddenly, and the world shifts it's like the world has kind of turned on itself the sun goes dark it goes the sky goes dark and in this area where you're at the moment it's a wide open area and with great speed from the ground 
large spikes of wood shoot upwards and as they emerge from the ground you can see that these are tree branches and they are sharp, they are deadly sharp and with this deer 10 foot in front of you as you're approaching it a tree shoots up underneath it and it impales the deer. The tree shoots up to a absolutely massive height and this deer which is impaled you can see that it's been killed on impact. It, hang, it hangs limply, body speared through the branches of this tree at 30 foot high, you could say. Okay. And the silver key dangles from its neck still. All around you, in this what was this once meadow, meadow trees have shot up, gnarled, their roots gnarled everywhere, and they've just appeared out of nothingness. Okay. What would you like to do? So they've shot up and they've stopped shooting up. Yeah, they've stopped shooting up. And the world now, from where it was all bright, saturated hues, it's now these tree trunks are grey they're dark they look like they, they don't look like healthy trees they're bare branches there are no leaves the grass is kind of turned into a muddy quagmire the sun is gone there's no sunlight at all just a dim grey kind of hazy sky and all that's left is you in this very now packed clearing a very small packed clearing there are loads of trees surrounding you all the way and this deer just hanging from the air impaled it's 30 foot up yeah it's 30 foot up How- is, is it just like a straight tree that's gone straight up or is there like boughs and branches? There are boughs and branches everywhere. I mean, if there are plenty of boughs and branches everywhere. And it is climbable? Climbable, yes. Okay, so standing at the bottom of the, this tree with the deer at the 30 foot up. Yep. Um, I first of all just just rest my hand on the tree, uh, see if, if there's any peculiar movements or... No, nothing, nothing appears to happen, nothing happens. Okay, so... With my feet on the floor, I first take out my, my first kitten and try driving it into the trunk of the tree. Yeah, it goes in. So I continue then to try using this climbing equipment to climb up to the deer. Okay, roll me a climb check. Get a plus two advantage on it. Plus two, plus my climbing. Yeah. It's be a 14 all in. Yeah, you manage the first 10 foot. As you reach the 10 foot mark, 10 foot mark this ripple once again goes throughout the landscape and you can see that the path which you were going to travel up on the tree the trunk is twisted and turned in on itself making the climb a lot harder okay okay harder or impossible harder not impossible but it's just made it harder where you had like a straight route almost running straight up you've now got twists and bits of gnarly branches in the way okay yeah Okay, so you're going to carry on going? Yes, I'm yep. going to try to climb. Okay, make another climb check. I mean 18. Is that with the plus two? Yes. yes. With the plus two and a plus two from my climb screen. Yep, you make it up that tree. You make it up to the 20 foot mark this time. And once again, this kind of wave goes throughout the landscape. And you can feel, the, you, as you're holding on, you can feel the tree shake and shudder. Make me a strength check, please. A nine. Okay, is that including your strength? I have no modifier on my strength. Okay, with a nine, you slip back down a couple of feet as you kind of like slide down the tree ever so slightly, but your pitons are still there, so you can still, you get back up to okay. the point where you were before. And once again, you can see that the shape, the shape of this tree has changed. And it is, looks immensely difficult to climb up there now. Not impossible, but immensely difficult. I'm up this high now, I've got to... Yeah? Yeah, go on. Okay, go roll me back. another climb check. Yeah. 10. Okay. 
with a 10, you go to drive your pit on in, and the hat, you just bounce off. It's, at this point, the water has become too hard. Okay. You don't fall down, but you do return back to the 20-foot mark, and you can't climb any further with the pit on. Okay. Uh, obviously, if I'm getting this far with a pit on, I can't climb, free climb, or this would be even harder. You, can, you could possibly free climb. But it would be hard. It would be hard. So I'm 10 foot away from the deer now? Yes. And looking around, the, the world is still very barren yeah. and horrible. It's, it's still this kind of turned state and it's still, you know, kind of grey, twisted, gnarled. Do I have enough rope to try and like, lasso up onto? You can give it a try. Can give it a try? Uh, make me a use rope check, okay. I'm going to say. Yeah. That would be a 16 all in. Yeah, with a used rope check, you manage to get the rope kind of... You get it tossed, one side tossed over the branch. Yeah. So you've got, like, two bits of rope hanging down now. You're still holding the one end, but the other end is over the branch. The branch that the, the deer, deer is, is on, on, yeah. So would that make my climbing check? My, my, would it make it easier to climb... Here on now because I've got something up at the level I'm going to. You've only got a hold of one side of the rope. Ah, right, okay. But I've got like essentially like a loop over the top and I've got two ends. Yeah. yeah, but you've only got the one end in your hand. Okay, yeah. And it's just over, just dangling over the branch. Yeah, you could try and make a grab for it if you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, roll me a dexterity check then. That would be 16. Yeah, you can grab the other note. You've now got both ends of the rope in the one hand. You've kind of taken the hand which had the rope originally you've tucked it in against you while you're grabbing onto the tree Okay. and then you've just kind of reached out and you've managed to catch hold of this piece of rope so you've now got both ends of the rope you're still holding onto the tree though so you've still now got a piece of rope over the branch yeah can I now tie that into a loop so I give myself a foothold to pull myself up the last ten foot uh, what you mean tied like a knot so or... like it's over the that lot now yeah so i've got it over the branch so there's one coming up and one coming back down yeah so i tie the two to make a large loop so i can use that as a foothold now and climb the rope with my foot in the bottom of the loop you with me yeah 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 sure make me another use rope check yep it's 10. it takes you a bit of time so make me a strength check while you're at it 14. Yeah, it takes you a bit of time, but you've got enough strength to hold on while you're doing this, so you do manage to do it. Okay, so I'm up now on the branch with the deer. Yeah, okay, so you've, you've pulled yourself up using bits of rope and everything else, and you managed to pull yourself up the 10 foot. Okay. It's taken you a while, hasn't been easy, and you're now on the branch. You're straddling the branch, taking it? Yeah, sort of straddling the branch. And yeah. Is, is, this, is the trunk still like, holding on? Hold on to the trunk for support as well? Uh, you are kind of at the joint where the branch leaves the tree. Okay. You're at that point in the moment, but the deer is out. It's about 10 foot. It's, it's not 10 foot, it's about a 6 foot long branch. It, okay. It's just, the deer is a decent way away. But still within like sort of shimmying distance? You can shimmy, yes. I can shimmy. Can I try shimmying? Sure. Okay, uh, make me a balance check, please. Okay, yeah. 12. Okay. You take, you shimmy a little bit along, and as you shimmy about a foot along, the branch dips, and it dips hard. It, this, this isn't a particularly healthy tree, neither is it a healthy branch. And you can see that the 
feel the chain which was hanging around the deer's neck has now slipped forward and it is just it's hanging on to one of its ears now. And how far should I, I was You've got about five foot to go. Would I have enough reach with my battle axe in hand trying to use the blade to hook? No, I'm going to say no. Okay. Because you've only got a reach of five foot yourself with your weapon included, so Yes. You'd be able to reach it but to actually get any further to get the to hook it, hook it off. Yeah, no, okay. it's not possible. If you had something like a grease arm which had like a hook on the end of it, yeah. maybe, but you don't, so no. <laughs> no other options. The way this branch is dipping now, it's so that the deer is kind of hanging at the 25 foot level. Okay. Um, so if you were to fall, you would take damage, yes, but it wouldn't be massive amounts of damage. It's not the same as falling from 50 foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's what you're doing, but. I will be easy to dipping a little bit I will try and shimmy a little further okay make me a balance check again balance check again that'll be a 10 so with the 10 all in you manage to shimmy another foot before the tree judders violently this isn't a judder caused by you know added weight on the branch this is the tree itself juddering okay the trees, you've hit this, this ripple is once again passing the landscape and the trees shifting and juddering. And the branch drops another two foot, so you're now 23 foot off the ground roughly. Or the deer is anyway. Yeah, yeah. Would I understand why this tree is juddering if I had through knowledge nature or... No, no? It's, it's nothing to do with natural. This is okay. unnatural. Yes, okay. Any suggestions from the room? <laughs> I mean, all you can do is try to climb is it. Is there anything yeah. on... Yeah. I mean, did you try to shoot it at the beginning? With your bow? No. Just climbed. No, I mean, the, the, do, the do, do, when you first saw it, no. it spoke to you. It's a talking deer. <laughs> so, so in order not to kill it, it is now impaled on a tree. Uh, that, that wasn't my fault. <laughs> okay. yeah, I, oh, no, that was my fault. I, I was talking to it. Oh, uh, really? Well, uh, well, I was talking to it. Randy, you would do, wouldn't you? Yeah, talking deer. <laughs> Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> Bambi's mum at the moment. <laughs> so, um, I can't see how shooting it would have helped. Get a, it's got a, a key on its yeah, chain. I mean, like, to actually, the chance of you actually hitting, mm. you know, the chain. Because it's dead. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm shooting up arrows, I could chop its head off. <laughs> well, you might hit the, you might hit the chain. Off of it. You might hit oh, the chain. There. Well, you might hit the chain. Because don't forget, it's only it's only a short distance. Yeah, but I'm on a very very wobbly trip. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, look, you, you've got the road frame. Yeah, you've made your loop. Nice. Mm. You, have you tried to stand in the loop? I've used the loop to climb up another branch. Okay, can you untie the loop and try it again? Do you want to lasso it? He stood on the branch with the deer impaled on it. Yes. You're actually on the branch. The the tree has sort of grown out of the ground and impaled the deer on the way through. Yeah. but So you're on on the same branch as the deer? Yes. Yes. But it's... I'm at the point, I'm shimming along, and it's going... Well, my my observation, are are there any branches above? I'm, I'm not going to allow this because this is, this is metagame now. Okay. So you wouldn't know any of this is going on. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So as you're, as you're on this branch and you're trying to figure out what to do, this ripple passes through the landscape again and 
all of a sudden the tree shoots upwards once again. Ooh. Make me a actually make me a balance check, please. Balance check. Twelve. Yeah, as this tree shoots upwards, you with your be already facing downwards with the um like with gravity. You, as it shoots upwards, you just lose your grip and you slide down and you end up hanging off the same branch that the deer is impaled on, off the end of it. The tree is now, when you look down, mm-hmm. probably about 50 foot off the floor. Okay. And you're hanging onto this branch where the spines have gone up for the deer and the deer is, its neck is and head is kind of to your right with a key dangling down, but you are a full arm extension holding on to the end of this branch for your dear life. But I'm within grabbing distance of the key now, or...? Yes, you are. Can I try and make a grab for the key? Make me a dexterity check. That'll be a 19 all, uh, 20 all in. You grab hold of the key. Mm-hmm. As you grab hold of this key and you snap it free of its chain on the deer's neck, you get this disgusting sense of vertigo as the tree shoots back into the ground. Right. You're still attached to it. You go hurtling towards the ground. But as you hit the ground, your knees buckle because obviously the mental kind of thought, I'm falling. Your knees buckle, but you don't take any damage whatsoever. The tree disappears back into the ground. The spines pull out of the dead deer. The deer is now lying literally in, in front of you, right next to you, in front of you. The spines retract out of the deer and everything shoots back into the ground. These gnarled trees which you shot up. They all disappear, the ground becomes lush and green against the sun comes out, and it returns to the exact same scene it was before this change happened. But with the dead deer. But the deer's still dead in front of you. Okay. And the key is in my and hand. You've got the key in your hand. Okay. Okay. And in this exact moment when you just sat there kneeling there going, What has just happened? You've gone from, you know, running through this nice lush field to then being having a deer impaled and you're 30 foot up in the air, then you're 50 foot in the air and then you're back on the ground again. In this moment where you're just going, what? The deer in front of you springs up on its feet. There is no sign of any injury on it. Its eyes are bright and it dashes off into the distance. Okay. And I'm just sat on the floor with me gob open looking at it. Yep. Watching it. And in that exact same moment, the scene around you, dissipates like mist in the wind. After gathering the spoils of their toils, our heroes travel down to the next layer of the catacombs. A sigil magically materialises on the ground where they stood. A blinding, encompassing white light fills their space. In a peculiar twist, Ogvar suddenly finds himself in an unfamiliar foreign forest with a task to retrieve a key. Get in here! It takes a fair amount of time and effort to produce these rather fun podcasts, so it would be awfully good if you could like and follow us. And it would be absolutely fabulous if you could sponsor us an ale to keep things going along tickety-boo. The link is in the bio. Thanks awfully. Have fun. Toodle-pip. What? (laughs) What? What? Thank you for listening to our podcast. Having you as a listener means everything to us. So, whichever streaming service you choose to listen to us with, please give us a like, subscribe and follow. We would love for you to join us on our Facebook or Twitter page, where you can catch up with all of our latest news. While you're waiting for the next episode of Secrets of the Silver City, why not pop over to our website, 
where you can read all of the information about this campaign, from backstories to setting. All of the links are in the bio of this episode. Join us again next week for the next instalment. Thank you for listening.